0: This is a Triple J podcast.
1: We can end the climate wars. Rugged up up top, tiny little booty shorts. Oh, I sold a kidney to buy that jacket. I was riding a lot of fences. Hey. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the shake up on Hack. I'm Dave Marchese. We are smashing through this year. This time next week, we're going to be halfway through, and I cannot believe it. We're there. And it feels like we've had about a year's worth of news this week, actually. It's been so busy. We're talking about some of it right now. Here's a taste. Hack.
0: I'm incredibly sorry that he felt left down by our organisation and we will do all we can to make up for it.
1: Gen
2: Z need three times a week praise from their supervisors. Praise kink?
0: No, it's cringe. Your service, streaming services, are a service of convenience. This is no longer convenience.
1: On Triple Jack. Yeah, huge reaction to a few of our stories this week, including our big chat with Michael King. We were talking racism, the media, a lot of heavy stuff. It's not all heavy, though. I also want to know what the strangest thing you share with your mate is. Because you might have seen Netflix is cracking down on sharing accounts. What else do you share with your mates? Like, would you ever use their toothbrush? I know this sounds weird, but it came up in conversation and this has divided the Triple J office. Some people think it's completely fine. Others, disgusted. Where do I sit on it? I'll let you know shortly. Message in 0439757555. First, though, I've got to interview and introduce, actually, the Shake Up crew I've got with us. Firstly, a real one, a favourite. Writer, journalist, editor at Mamma Mia, Elfie Scott. Long time no see.
3: Oh, lovely to see you, Dave, and thank you for calling me a
1: favourite. (laughs) You're definitely a favourite. Big week?
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Always a big it's
1: week. always a big week, isn't it? You get to this time, you get to the shake-up. You're like, "Oh, I survived. I'm ready for the weekend." And with us. For the first time, TV presenter, actor, podcast host, Maddie Mills. How are you? I'm good. I turned 28 today, so I am on top of the world. It's my birthday. It's his birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Maddie! If you want to flood the text line with beautiful uh, well wishes for Maddie, if you're a big fan of the podcast, feel free. Please do. We'll read them out. We'll read some (laughs) of them out anyway. Um, What else are you doing? Big weekend plans for the birthday? Yes. I mean, I'm spending
0: a lot of time with friends this weekend. I've had a big week of work. I'm getting ready to head off to... LA in a couple of weeks though so I'm not gonna do too much I'm gonna conserve the energy for Hollywood
1: okay (laughs) oh yeah we love it you're You're like (laughs) I'm a Hollywood boy I'm a Hollywood (laughs) boy remember I want to hear from you listening as well if you've got big opinions I know you do jump on the text line get on the phone you know you want to get into it let's go pack if you're a not white person in Australia in the public eye you will get this it just happens on triple J. Yeah, the fallout from ABC star Stan Grant's announcement that he's stepping down from his presenting job after all kinds of racist abuse sent massive shockwaves through the media, but Australian society as well. People were shocked. They were horrified. And it prompted other high-profile people to come forward with their experiences, including our very own Michael Hing. And when Hingers spoke to us earlier this week on Hack, we were flooded with beautiful messages of support and love, which was great to see. But there was also a lot of frustration that this stuff is still happening. So is this it? Is this the reckoning that the Australian media needed? And what do you think needs to change? Hack. I need a break from the media. I feel like I'm part of the problem and I need to ask myself how or if we can do it better.
3: ABC journalist Stan Grant has given the media pause and sent a strong message about racism in this country.
0: Stan was very upset that we didn't publicly defend his role in the coverage, and I've apologised to him. There would be a review into the way the ABC handles racism. I'm showing up to work every day. I'm not running, I'm not quitting. I thought about it, but I didn't, because I didn't want the racists to win. The time for dignified silence is over. On Triple Jack...
1: Yeah, still so much support coming through for Michael Hing. Brave guy, huge thing that he did this week. And, you know, good friend of mine. I'm proud of him all the time, but especially this week. I want to hear from you. Were you surprised that this is what happens behind the scenes when you heard Hing is speaking? Also, maybe, do you cop this stuff in your work? What industry are you in that you think really needs to grow up, sort itself out when it comes to things like discrimination, racism, call in 1300 5536 You can message in to 0439 757 Let's get into it with the Shake Up crew. We've got writer journalist Elfie Scott, presenter, podcast host, Maddie Mills. Elfie, rough week for the ABC, for the media in general. Were you surprised by what you heard from Stan Grant and then Michael Hing later?
3: Honestly, no, not at all. And I think that that's kind of the surprising thing for me actually is to hear that people are shocked by it I mean I guess when you work in the media you have so much exposure to this stuff and you know I'm a Brown woman. I've seen these comments in my career for years and years, and I just sort of take it as like part and parcel of the job to some extent, which is a horrible thing to say. But yeah, I guess my surprise is at the
1: surprise. Well, it seems like, and I mean, maybe it's people who work in the media, people who don't, or maybe it's you know people who just don't have that experience. Like some some journalists were saying, I had no idea that this was happening, or I had no idea my colleagues were getting leveled with this kind of abuse. What about you, Maddie? Like you had some really lovely words about Stan Grant in your podcast this week. How did, was your response to this? What were you thinking? Yeah, I'm
0: absolutely not surprised, but I am um, so proud of Stan for taking this stance. And I think that this is a very high level of boundaries. And I think it's basically self-preservation. Um, and I think that it is a really brave move to be able to step away and be so honest and open about what his experience. I'm not surprised because I've worked both in the commercial space in co- commercial TV, but also in First Nations media. And some of these spaces that are supposed to be safe just aren't. And the reason that most people don't experience it is because they're not experiencing it on a personal level. Mm. And a lot of the time, people who are First Nations or people of colour don't want to share their experiences because a lot of the time they feel like they're going to be, you know, biting the hand that feeds them. Right. And, it's, and it can be, if you share your experience, you may not get an opportunity or you may not be able to move further in your career because you're being so open and transparent about what really happens
1: behind the scenes. I mean, Maddie, you're a public figure. Can you relate to Michael Hing getting horrible comments, stuff that people don't know happens behind the scenes? Absolutely. I
0: mean, just this week, it's been, you know, there was a torrent today of messages by one person in so particular So do you reckon online. that
1: had anything to do with the discussions around this week? Or didn't, you know? absolutely.
0: So these comments came off the back of my comment um, about Stan Grant and about him stepping down from ABC and away from the media. And I think that over my you know the sixty seven years that I've been in uh, the media, I've had my fair share of racial abuse online. Um, and I have figured out a way to deal with it. I don't go onto the comment sections a lot of the time when uh, my work is shared in. Commercial spaces, um, especially through my podcast, um, Not So PG, which is shared on the Nova Facebook page. I never read those comments because, whenever I do, there is always a number of racist comments on there and racist trolls who are continuously coming after Brooke and I just because we have, um, you know, a platform and we get to speak our truth. And I think that um, for me, I've I've been able to actually. N- you know, have a strategy in place where I don't go and put myself in unsafe spaces online. Um, But still, these people will come for you and they'll
1: find you and they'll make sure that you can see some of these comments for sure. Uh, It's really horrible to hear. I mean, Elfie, when ABC management was quizzed about this in Senate Estimates this week, some uh, MPs were saying, well, look, there's a simple solution to this. You just uh, close down all the comments on all ABC pages. What do you think of that as a solution? Like, do you think that's realistic? Do you think the comments add to the discussion around stories and they're useful? What, what do you think the answer is?
3: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, they add to the discussion around stories and there should be conversations around news stories. Like, You should be able to trust people to comment with appropriate things. But I would also say that anybody who says, you know, the simple get off social media when these things are happening to you, I totally question that. Like if somebody was sending you abuse via mail, via letters, would you say, don't open your mailbox? Like, it is just impossible to try and disconnect yourself from social media to that extent. And even when people try, they end up sending them emails, they find other ways, like they always will.
1: We've got messages coming through. A lot of support for Michael Hing still. Someone says, you know, love you, Hing. Uh, Seriously, people need to call out the ABC higher-ups. That was from Angus. Another one says, not surprised one bit, Australia is a racist country. That's Anastasia in Ngunnawal country. Another person says, sadly, I was subjected to a sophisticated racism at a community radio station here in Melbourne. It's often excused as a joke or blokey behaviour from people who aren't aware of their unconscious biases. We must do better. And someone else says, yeah, the building industry is terrible, especially against First Nations people. I'm a Wiradjuri man with a Dutch mother. Uh, you know, I always feel terrible about what's said on the site and, I ha- and I've only just got the courage now to speak up. So people are saying this is not just the media, it's reflective right across different industries. Do you think Maddie, it's helpful having these conversations. I mean the bigger conversations that we've seen play out in the media, I'm not talking about this one that we're having right now, but all of the coverage around it and stuff does that actually help or does it have the opposite effect of bringing more hate to the surface, do you think?
0: I think that it's a bit of both, but I think that we need to continue to have these conversations because the underlying thing that is so important about these conversations is truth telling. And we have to think about the historical context of the country and what this country was built on and the fabric of what it was built It was was started with colonisation as a very racist nation and it hasn't shifted that much. People believe that it has, but unfortunately the experiences of people of colour in this country tell me otherwise, especially to the point where one of the most staunch cultural men that I know within the media has to step down because he has experienced such a level of hatred and racism in his career. Like, that shows that things aren't shifting enough. But I've always believed that small conversations lead to big change and I'm somebody who takes that with me across many different areas of my life, not just these sort of difficult conversations. Um, So I believe that the conversation is important, but it also is, we also have to think about what is the next step? We can talk about this, but what is the fundamental things that we're going to implement um, within the education system, within
1: media, within organisations that can stop this for the future? Got another message coming through. Someone says, engineering, terrible for racism, bigotry, homophobia, transphobia, misogyny. That's from Matt. Um, You know, a lot of people talking about their workplaces. Uh, Someone says, you know, it's everywhere, right? I don't know. Do you think, Elfie, this is the reckoning that the media needs or do do you think that these conversations might just blow over and nothing will change.
3: Look, I really hope that it's the reckoning that we need. Like, The media diversity has a very, very long way to go as it currently stands. So Media Diversity Australia, which is this fantastic advocacy and research group, found that 85% of Aboriginal, LGBTQI+, POC and journalists with a disability have copped abuse, which is just a wild statistic. And I I, I just think that there needs to be more representation from minority groups in the media. I think that that's a really good starting point, but I also acknowledge that that's a catch-22, because ultimately the people who have to front that movement, the people who you see on your screens, are going to be the people who cop the first wave of abuse, and that's just a terrible reality that we have to face up to.
1: Michael King was also saying, um, you know, when he was talking about this, it's not, um, you know, only racism, it is homophobia, it's all kinds of um, abuse that people are facing, Uh, you know, and presenters and uh, people in the public eye. But, you know, people across the board, we've got Brittany on the line who's uh, called up. Brittany, what's your experience?
2: So my experience is I'm a female tradie. Yep. And a lot of males in the industry don't really like the fact that I'm part of that industry now. And I get a lot of comments, not from the boys I work with. The boys I work with are amazing. Mm. But like other tradies that we work with, I get comments about how I should go back to the kitchen or there's no way I could possibly get, you know, dirty and all that stuff. And then a lot of other tradies just look at me like I'm only there for them to look at so and that, they don't take me seriously. Oh,
1: that's so upsetting to hear, Brittany. How do you deal with that? Like, is it something that you feel comfortable calling out or is it something that you've just, you know, learned to ignore or how, what, what's the process?
2: So when I first started about a year and a bit ago I it affected me really, really badly and I would go and cry to my boss, who's also my brother, so he really understood it and he didn't like he didn't accept that I was copying that whatsoever and he would have a go at different tradies but at this point I've kind of just learned to live with it and then I've gotten really thick skinned because of it. But yeah. yeah, it's definitely not
1: nice to deal with. Well, hey, Brittany, we appreciate you calling in and sharing your experience there. And, uh, you know, sorry to hear that that's your experience at work because nobody deserves to go to work and face any kind of discrimination at all. But what we're seeing here is that it's widespread across different sectors uh, right across the country. Someone says the construction industry, really bad. If you call them out, they just keep going and they add you to the taunts. Someone says hiding racism is fairly common in rich people's circles. Look, there's so much we could dive into, but we're going to move on. Hack!
3: Did you, did you think that was good? Tell me I'm
1: good. Tell me it was good. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. That's my good girl. You're learning. On Triple Jack. Hey, have you got a praise kink? Not in the bedroom. I'm talking at work here. Come on, be honest. How often do you need to be told you're doing a good job at work? Once a week? Twice a week? Because Australia's top cop, the AFP Commissioner Reese Kershaw, shared some information that he says he heard at a police forum that Gen Z needs to be praised exactly three times a week by their supervisors. So is it true do younger people need more attention? Hey, we learned
2: Gen Z need three times a week praise from their supervisors. The next generation only need three times a year and my generation only need once a year.
0: But if you grew up academically, you like being praised, itching for an ounce of praise for the next good little thing you do. And don't try to deny it. You've been such a good boy.
3: Yeah, there's good girls, but what about
0: Ada
1: girl? Oh. Darling, I can tell you've been desperate for it, but I'll do it just for you. Oh, you're doing such a good job aren't you keep up the good work you're making me so very proud oh good job on triple jack <laughs> producer hannah having a bit too much fun there some steamy praise digging up the goods on tiktok best heard with headphones so if you weren't go back later listen on the podcast if you're Gen Z, do you agree with this? Do you think you need to be praised by your boss three times a week? And is that a bad thing? Like, what's the what's the issue here? Let me know. I want to hear what your perspective is. Do you think that older generations only need praise once a year at work? Oh four three nine seven five seven triple five. maybe you've got a story that illustrates the opposite view. Let's ask the Shake Up crew journalist, editor Elfie Scott, TV presenter, podcaster Maddie Mills. Hey Maddie, you're doing a great job on your first shakeup, can I just say? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Does that make you feel awkward? Well, you know what? Uh, I'm this
0: one is this one's a hard one for me. Why is it so hard? Okay, well, I believe that because of social media that we are constantly looking for validation mm-hmm. um, from other people and instant validation when you post a picture and you get a like or a comment. Um, and I think that that has sort of transformed into real life, um, you know, as well. So, like, I believe that people are looking for instant validation and they are looking for validation when maybe they don't n-
1: deserve it. Oh, wow. Okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that is spicy. What do you reckon, Elfie?
3: I think that people should tell me that I'm a very good girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you worked for yourself for a while. What did you do there? Did you have to praise yourself? You're like, good girl, Elfie.
3: Yeah, I gave myself a little pat on the back.
1: Would you? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) Well, I I I should actually say that the AFP put out another statement today and they were like... You know, reports that the AFP commissioner believes different generations require different levels of praise are incorrect. The commissioner was referring to information recently presented to a policing forum. So he's just saying it's not coming from me. It's just what I've heard and what we're kind of working with. (sighs) Is there anything wrong with getting a compliment at work Elfie? do you think like in there as as someone who might be you know the boss of people is it bad to be constantly is it annoying to be giving praise all the time
3: no i like giving praise to people i really li- i'm so sorry maddie i'm so <laughs> gonna try on your thoughts around this <laughs> yes. but okay here's my basic idea around it like Work is terrible. The promises that we gave to Gen Z about the lives and futures that they could build through work are crumbling beneath their very feet. Mm. And I just feel as though if somebody wants a little bit of praise, a little bit of a compliment now and again, that is not the worst thing in the world. And it shouldn't be that odious for managers to take on.
1: Interesting. Well, Declan in Melbourne has a good point. Declan says maybe boomers need less positive feedback because they're used to working under more secure conditions. Younger generations may seek out more validation because their jobs are less secure that's interesting we've got more comments on the text line someone says i think younger generations are more aware of mental health and being praised for a good job cultivates a healthy workplace another person i work with a lot of gen z at work and none of this is happening a lot more upper management patting themselves on the back though that was from (laughs) mo and someone else might be true but it's definitely a good thing Maddie, wow. Have you ever faced such um, you know, push back to your thoughts <laughs> wow, before? You, enemy know, you know wow. You know what? I am over people
0: getting compliments <laughs> for really bad standards. I'm like You know what, sometimes in the workforce you come up against people who are not executing at the level they should and the standard is really low and they're getting told that they're amazing constantly and they believe it. So the level of work isn't great and I think that, um, you know, if you do something really well, yeah, a compliment is great but if you are doing something that, you know, doesn't, you know, exceed expectations... (laughs) then <laughs> no.
1: Um, we work harder. Boomer
0: at
3: 28 years old. How is I know this right? happening. Oh,
1: we've got a message from Cody and Melvin. Cody says younger generations may require praise, but the older generations demand the most attention or respect from the younger generation in the workplace. Isn't that the same thing? Another person says, Yeah, why do you need to be constantly praised for a job that you're employed to do? Okay, interesting. Mm. We've got all kinds of feedback coming here. Do you think Elf? that Commissioner Kershaw is saying there is a big difference in the way each generation communicates as well is true. Have you noticed that in your work that if you communicate with an older person, you address them differently, a younger person or not? Is that something you don't buy into? Uh,
3: I don't buy into the premise that you should, but, yeah, I I guess it is something that I have noticed. I would also say that the commissioner had this weird thing where he said that emojis are interpreted (laughs) differently by Gen Z. He said they won't take a smiling emoji. And it's like maybe it's because it's coming from you. I don't
0: know. 100%. I agree on that. So,
1: yeah, with the emoji what do you reckon, Maddie? Because that's what the Commissioner said was like, you know, different generations use emoji differently. A smiley face for older people is happy, but can actually be offensive for Gen Z. How do you see a happy face? Offensive? Well, first of all, the this is obviously the issue in the police force, right? They're talking about <laughs> bloody
0: emojis. Like, I, I'm not praising any police officer out there after this, but look, I, um, I definitely feel like, yes, things evolve and gen- different generations accept things differently, but at the end of the day, why is this the conversation that the police
1: commissioner is having? Having, okay. come on. Yeah, yeah fair, fair enough. We've got Alex from the Sunshine Coast on the line. Alex, what's your situation? Who are you giving praise to or do you need praise yourself?
0: Well, mine's actually, I'm 36. My partner is 23 and we've been together four years and over the whole four years, she is constantly, oh, I need this praise. Why do you love me? Give me five reasons why, For as soon as she gives me praise... I feel really awkward. I don't need it. I know who I am. I don't need all this positive affirmations kind of thing from her.
1: Interesting. All right, Alex. Um, so you're thinking it's a bit awkward. We don't need to be doing that. Uh, we've also got Marie on the line. Marie from Melbourne, what's your situation?
3: Um, Mine's a bit more workplace related. Mm-hmm. I feel like the um, older older generation kind of feel the need to... Um, give the younger generation praise, but in a kind of condescending way where we're we're just kind of doing our jobs and we get praise for it. And it's like, well, this is my job, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, actually, I don't want your praise, to be honest. The way you're given praise, I'm not here for it. Marie, I think a lot of people agree with you. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, Yeah, people very, very uh, eager to give their opinions on the text line. Someone says, people are pretty quick to criticise, so why not balance out with genuine positive feedback? Another person, I supervise 20 people, all age groups. The 18 to 25 definitely require praise, even when they don't deserve it. The older guys don't really care for it. That was from Maddie Mills in the Triple J studio. No, <laughs> oh, oh man. <my laughs> <my laughs> fake news, fake news, guys. Fake news. I don't know, Elfie, do you have a favorite emoji, back to the emoji thing, that is like misinterpreted or just a favorite one that you use in general? We're going back to the smiley face thing. Oh,
3: okay. What's the one? Mo- oh, I like to use like the big emotional eyes like the pleading little eyes oh
1: I love those maybe do I
3: use them in the workplace I literally might is that pathetic yeah
1: (laughs) maybe it's a bit weird actually (laughs) do you have a favorite one Maddie? Uh, like, well, um, <laughs> recently
0: I've been using the teacher emoji and don't ask me why. <laughs>
3: I love it. I use the
1: salute emoji yeah. a lot.
3: Oh, that is good. Yeah, yeah. the
1: salute one at work yeah. in personal conversations. Love it. Or prayer hands. <laughs> oh, prayer hands. Yeah. Are they prayer hands or is it a high five? Did we ever get to the bottom of that?
3: No, oh. this is an ongoing
2: controversy. Okay, right. <laughs> Let's not stir the pot. Hey,
1: we got to move on.
3: Hack. Hey.
0: Well, they did it.
1: I just got the email about sharing between households.
2: Netflix's password
3: sharing crackdown has hit Australia. Tom, do you pay
0: for
1: your own Netflix? No. Who pays? Mum and Dad. Thanks, Mum. On Triple Jack. Yeah, a lot of people were pretty annoyed when Netflix started its ban of password sharing this week. You can only use Netflix on the same account if you live in the same household. People love to share stuff with their mates, so this has really annoyed them. And they love to share the subscriptions, obviously. But what else? What is the strangest thing that you share with a mate? Could be a partner, I guess, but it's less interesting when it's a partner because people share everything with their partner. What do you share with your friends, your housemates, or you've refused to share? 043975755. Let's get into it with the Shake Up crew. We've got Elfie Scott and Maddie Mills. Elfie, firstly, are you affected by this Netflix span or is it all good?
3: Um, I'm trying to think. There are so many Netflix accounts <laughs> going around so between our groups.
1: because I've got, like, friends who they use the account of an ex they had three years ago. Oh, yeah. Don't talk mm. to the ex anymore on bad terms with them, but happy to use all their accounts. Yeah. Maddie, do you have any similar situations? Uh, look, I'm an independent man and I have my <laughs> own account.
0: <laughs> but, um, no, I, I haven't ever used somebody else's
1: account,
0: but um, I would be happy to share mine.
1: Okay. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's generous because there is there are those people that are the ones that have the accounts and are happy to share them and then the ones that just love to, you know, leech. Exactly. <laughs> leech. parasites. Got some messages coming through. Someone says, my boyfriend's dad is a dentist and if we go somewhere and if he forgets his toothbrush, anything goes. He'll use whatever he can find no matter whose it is, oh. right? Dentists are like, <laughs> we'll be using all the toothbrushes. Someone else, me and my mate, shared girlfriends for a while. <laughs> oh, no. That's ne- Okay, (laughs) all right. I knew we'd get some of these comments. The toothbrush thing is pretty interesting. Elfie, where do you stand on this? Would you use, not a partner, a friend's toothbrush? I would
3: and do frequently. I would also... Elfie. I also, if a friend is staying over, I will absolutely let them use my toothbrush. But
1: why don't you just have a spare toothbrush? Like, what, a- what do you,
3: th- you think this isn't a cost of living crisis? <laughs> you think um,
1: Elfie spare toothbrushes over here?
3: No. What no. are you talking Anybody about? Can use it? I, I don't care. Okay, mm. I
1: brought this up in the office before because producer Hannah was like, yeah, whatever, use the friend's toothbrush. And then I went around and asked all the other Triple J people, and it was divided. Very. It's a polarising topic here. Maddie, where do you stand on this? Because I can't deal with being the only one in this studio that thinks this is not okay. You know what? It is absolutely
0: not okay. (laughs) And I am not catching gingivitis from my friends. Exactly. Right?
1: (laughs) No, it's not happening. Someone on the text line says, I worked with someone who ordered Uber Eats once at work and he paid for it with his ex's account details that was saved to his phone. We didn't complain and he never heard anything about it. What? Amazing. How much of this is happening with subscriptions and stuff? Is there anything you wouldn't share, Elfie, with a friend? Mm. You know?
3: No, I literally can't think of anything. Seriously, I have like roll-on deodorants like in my handbags and my friends can use them as well. I don't, I just don't care. Does that make me a grot?
1: Someone says, sharing toothbrushes makes me want to turn this station off. Right, well hey. (laughs) Yep, Elfie, not good for ratings. Wow, okay.
3: (laughs) Discrimination.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Someone says, yeah, me and two other housemates accidentally shared a toothbrush for six months. That's kind of the worst when you don't know it's happening and you're like, oh no, I thought I I was the blue one I thought I was the blue one someone on the text line as well was dating a chick for a bit she stayed over and proceeded to use my toothbrush like it was nothing did not even ask totally weirded me out
0: oh yeah that's odd
1: things happen in a share house like I was speaking to one person and they said look we do the the washing everything goes into the washing and sometimes yeah me and my housemate we share the same underwear like they just get mixed up
3: What's wrong with that? Why are you such a rude, Dave?
0: <laughs> oh I'm God. with you, Dave. Are I'm you with me, buddy? I'm with you. If anyone, if anybody Ooh. used my underwear, I would be going in. I would let them have it. I would say, <laughs> it is yours forever.
1: That's a gift. That's so funny. Someone says, my mate refuses to let me borrow his nail clippers. All right, this mm. is a bit too far for me. I agree. My nails are long and needed to be clipped, and he reckons it's gross. Who is the weird one here? This person hitting up the text sign, like, please, who is the weird one? Tell me. Um, can we get some some sort of consensus shake-up crew? Who is the weird one? The friend.
3: uh, (laughs) How gross are your nails is the real
1: question. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. True. We need to to see exactly what we're dealing with. Hey, look. That's all we've got time for. The shake-up goes so quickly, especially a special birthday edition for Maddie Mills. Oh, thanks, Maddie, guys. thank you so much for coming on for your 1st shakeup. Did you like it? Oh, I loved it. It was so much fun. Thank you. Okay. Well, praise <laughs> where praise is drew. You were very good. Good boy. Good, good boy. <laughs> Elfie, thank you so much as well. Thank you, Dave. We'll see you again soon. Hack on Triple Jack.